You're listening to Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, Melissa Gonzalez. Hello, this is Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with me, Melissa Gonzalez, your host. I'm here today with Dee Dee Chan, who is president and co-founder of Future Proof Retail, a New York-based company with the mission of bringing frictionless shopping technologies into physical retail stores. Future Proof leads in providing simple quality and customized mobile checkout and mobile order ahead solutions for retailers. Didi is a global entrepreneur who is passionate about technology, education, and sustainability. Her experience and network in over 15 countries directly shape Future Proof's retail global vision, bringing their solution to three continents and five different types of retail to date. We're excited to dive in on the conversation and learn more about what Future Proof Retail is bringing to the industry. Hi, Didi. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Melissa. Thank you for having me here. So before we go any further from your lens, um, could you tell us a little bit more about Future Proof Retail? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'll give you a little bit of background of my team. Uh, We've been making mobile applications since the launch of the App Store. So what we bring to the table is a strong expertise in how to making a mobile app that people love. And I met my partner in a philosophy club and we bonded over the value of time. We wanted to maximize human potential by removing frictions in time. And I love to shop, but I hate waiting in line. So we decided to combine our talents in making a mobile checkout platforms that shoppers can use their phone to scan, pay, skip checkout lines. And we've been working on it ever since 2013. And we're live on three continents, five retail verticals, and we're very excited about being in this new space. That's great. I love that you talk about the fact that you've been up and running since 2013 because, um, you know, everybody's talking about a lot of these technologies now, right? Contactless payments and mobile payments. Um, because in the U.S. there wasn't high adoption for it, but it's by no means new, right? And so, but now we're starting to see some... Uh, accelerated adoption because of the way of the world today. So what I think is amazing and kind of what caught my attention to, to learning about Future Proof was what you're doing to help propel the industry forward when it comes to contactless payments. Um, your company recently has offered the service at no cost to retailers. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Like what, why did you decide to go in that direction and how are you helping um, move the industry forward by doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, I want to clarify a little bit. Uh, so we, as a mobile checkout, we include payments. So when you do the pay, but we're at the full checkout process. Um, so what happened was, I think two weeks ago, uh, we, when New York was shut down due to coronavirus, um, we noticed there's a lot of uptake in people using our solution in one of our clients at Fairway Market. Um, And when we look into it, we noticed that Fairway was promoting their mobile checkout application as part of their shopper safety solution. So using mobile checkout is not just faster, you can skip the line, but at this time, it's one of the most um, 
hygienic solution you can use because you don't you can use your own phone and you don't have to interact and you don't have that many people touching the same product. So based on the success in Fairway, we realize our solution is extremely relevant and extremely useful at this time. And we want to make it easy for everyone to have it. So our team got together, figured out how we can make it quickly scalable, how we can come up with a basic solution. And we decided um, to donate it to all of the essential services, the grocery stores, supermarkets, pharmacies. Um, we made that announcement. And since then, we've been signing people up and trying to roll out as fast as possible. And there's no lock-in. There's no gotcha. It's, you know, it's free during this time. And that's it. That's, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal that you're able to help power that. Um, it's an amazing how we've seen contactless payment adoption really happening across verticals, right? I mean, I go to my local restaurant down the block that maybe seats 20 people, and that's kind of how they're operating right now too, right, is with takeout and, and contactless payment. So you talked about Fairway and, and some, of, um, some of your customers today. What made you start with a focus on grocery as a starting point? And, and what do you see are the sectors to follow in terms of adoption? Yeah, great question. Um, so the original vision is we know, we expected the physical in-store to become more digitalized, become kind of hybrid. And we wanted mobile checkout to be everywhere. Um, we picked grocery because it is the most complicated store setting. You have produce, you have hot bar, you have counter service like the seafood bar, the deli bar. Um, so we figure if this is a new solution coming into the retail market and this is a new way of shopping, there's going to be so much challenges in order to do a really good job. Uh, we're going to have to tackle the hardest industry with, and if we can fix in grocery, it's going to be so much easier to spread the solution in other verticals such as fashion, food services, um, stadiums, entertainment industry, etc. And so we're still in the early innings, right? Even, again, you've been around since 2013, but in the US, we're still in early innings of adoption. And I think you making your solution more accessible is also allowing you to kind of widen your lens in, in, in what you're seeing in the world. So what are you seeing from the data collection you're doing? Any any trends, any, any new trends, any surprises? Um, and what are you thinking about that? Yeah, um, I think for the from the data. So one of the surprising trends we see is, you know, originally we expected maybe a lot of millennials to be the people that adopted first. But from our results, it's actually across all age. It's not really differentiated by age. People, all kind of people, all gender, all age uh, that uses it. And one of the main trends we notice is not really like a specific type of person. Um, uh, type of person it is a uh, personality is the people that's the do-it-yourself that's kind of that likes it and that quality that personality spans different gender age and group of people so we've been seeing a lot of people adopting the technology across the boards so that was something interesting 
That is really interesting the way you're kind of describing that it's like the do-it-yourselfers. And what's happening right now is we're all becoming do-it-yourselfers, right? If you think about it, we're watching, we're getting recipes and making more dinners at home and we're doing, you know, um, our hair at home, we're doing our nails at home, we're working out at home. So we're kind of reconditioning everybody right now to feel empowered to be a little DIY, Um, So I think that's interesting, right, how that kind of will feed each other. And once people kind of get over that initial hump of that, can I do this? Is it safe, you know, to pay this way? I don't really see people going backwards. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the way, you know, we feel is as popular as e-commerce was and we got into the space, majority of the shopping experience is still in person because it's fun to go shopping. And I think especially after this, I'm going to be so really, really craving that physical in-store experience. But at the same time, when you go into the physical store, uh, once you have the e-commerce experience, you want a better, you want a more convenient, you kind of want a hybrid solution. So I think also using mobile is the best of both worlds that give you that hybrid solution. And that really complements the do-it-yourself people where you can get the personalization, that service, as well as that convenience. And once you get used to that, it's the best of both worlds. We don't, we see it being just a part of everyday future. And that's why we're like future proof. So that's interesting what you talk about from a personalization standpoint. So can you talk a little bit about how, you know, this technology actually helps empower brands and retailers to lean into personalization? I'm guessing from the data that you're collecting and how are you, how are you kind of seeing your solution evolve further too, in order to be a partner with your brands, not just to help execute transactions, but learn from data and provide more personalized service? Absolutely. I think in the frictionless checkout space, um, that is the holy grail. People want to give you that, that that success that you've seen in e-commerce where you click on um, one item and then you have relevant recommendation that makes searching and buying so much easier. And to be able to get that kind of personalization in the physical store in it efficient and effective way is really what I think retailers and brands are really going after. Um, And the way we enable that is in order to have that personalization is not just knowing what the shopper likes, their, their preference and giving them the right match. It's timing is absolutely everything. You have to give that right recommendation at the right moment, not after they finish shopping, not before they finish shopping, but with mobile, we because there is that interactive feature while you're scanning item in the store, you can recommend something relevant to the shopper at the right moment, at the right time, at the right place. And also we are one thing that make us unique is we're very, very collaborative. So we work with a lot of different partners so we can work with retail brands, existing solutions. Um, and one of the new partners that we're working with is Zero uh, that does location navigation, which is something that we're live in a few of the stores now. Um, And that will give you not just the right time, right place, but also the right location. So when you 
and you know when you're next to peanut butter, for example,、uh, and that might be something you're looking for because that's in your preference. You can get a peanut butter recommendation pop up. So you wouldn't be able to do that unless you have a device like a mobile device that's interactive with the shopper in the store. So we believe mobile is the vehicle. It is the technology that can give you that. Convenience and that personalization to enable a better in-store shopping experience. I love that bringing it all together because it's so interesting. People are talking about, especially in the grocery area, right?、Um, obviously, you're going to be expanding to more and more verticals, but. Bringing together content and commerce, right? That kind of really powers that too, because you might say, "Okay, I know you like peanut butter. You're standing here, and then maybe here's all the things you could do with peanut butter." And it kind of opens your mind to that. And also, if this is allowing you to take a more holistic approach, because、um, are you also tracking then paths and dwell times, and then you can get information about this trigger, and then you know whether or not somebody converted. I mean, is that kind of how you're seeing it all come together? Yes, absolutely. Because we are the checkout, so we can tell you if somebody bought this thing. So if you have a recommendation,、um, like we work with Hala as one of the grocery recommendation engines, you can pop up something that's great.、Um, but now with our solution, we give you the checkout piece. Then we know if that recommendation is is adopted or not. And same thing with the location tracker. So it's really we see it as an ecosystem. We see the frictionless、uh, checkout space is an ecosystem of different solution providers coming together to giving you that whole picture of what's good, when's good, and if all of these recommendation turn into something that shopper actually purchased or not. That's that's really great. I think because it's one thing to have data collection is another thing to contextualize that data. So if you're kind of seeing that holistic view,、um, it it puts you in a better position to kind of make those recommendations back to your to your、um, end users, right? To your customers, to to the brands and retailers that you're working with. Absolutely, yeah. It's still in early innings, but what what sort of you know. Data are you seeing on the impacts this is having to the checkout experience, as far as maybe shortening time, adding efficiencies,、um, and things like that? Yeah, we have、uh, we have the fastest checkout experience in the self checkout space,、um, and we're seeing massive. I mean, at this time because of COVID, we're seeing a lot more adoption. So in some places we have more than thirty percent of people using mobile checkout now,、um, and the data is changing so fast week by week right now because we're in unique times. So,、uh, but the thing I can tell you is even with all of these adoptions, we have four point nine stars review.、Um, we have really really good user feedback, and one of the reasons we're the only solution at the end of every trip. The shoppers get to review the experience, and they can leave a comment, and that opens up a digital personalized ser-、um, service where retailers can communicate with their shoppers directly. So the way I picture it is, we don't just call people anymore; we text them. So we're kind of giving retailers and their shoppers that. Connection back again. So even though we're talking so much about technology, at the end of the day, we're really bringing back that human connection. Just you know, twenty twenty,、um, 
the way people connect now, which is a hybrid between digital solution to make that connection easier, as well as that personal touch where you get that personal feedback. And、um, all of these things we collected, and the reason why we have a really easy platform is because we listen and we build directly to what the shoppers are saying and what the retailers are saying. So where everything we do is in response, and to make sure that experience is not too annoying, is good, is secure, and it enables a better shopping experience. You know, before. COVID nineteen,、um, we saw a lot of chatter around brick and mortar and the demise of it. But on the flip side, we saw conviction, right, with retailers like Amazon and Alibaba entering physical retail. And I think that kind of making people rethink, like, okay, obviously there is some validity here, and it's kind of what you're when the space you're playing with. What we just got to wrap our heads around how online and offline merge together, and how technology powers that. How do you see that evolving, and how do you see, you know, the players like Amazon and Alibaba helping shape that? Absolutely, I think Amazon and Alibaba really like led the way in opening this whole new industry. You know, back in 2013 when we started this,、um, I started researching, and what really got us into it is we noticed, you know, as profitable. As e-commerce is, they were hitting diminishing marginal returns, and we were really following the e-giants, both Amazon and Alibaba. And at that time, we made a prediction that both of them are going to come offline in either grocery or fashion. First, they're going to come offline in both.、Um, I also made a prediction. I thought they were going to come offline in 2015. I was wrong. It wasn't until 2017, but.、Um, It really is kind of looking ahead and seeing that the e giants come into the offline space because that is where majority of the activity is,、um, and they're going to come offline with all of the bells and whistles of technology. Is really going to drive the retail players, you know, the retail giants, the Amazons, the Krogers, the Albertsons,、uh, the Sainsburys, the Macy's of the world are really in. They're responding directly to these. Big players coming in, and it also opened up an entire ecosystem of payment players, of checkout players, of startups, you know, of different companies like ourselves coming in and trying to help all of the other retailers that doesn't、um, to work and to help effectively and efficiently compete with the Amazons and the Alibabas of the world. So that's kind of how they're coming offline. But with the technology specifically, one of the things I notice. You know, is there's this、um, both Amazon and Alibaba came offline with two things. One, they have that grab and go, like the Amazon Go stores, and the Alibaba had that in China. They were actually the first one to launch it, despite Amazon being the first one to announce it. And、um, outside of grab and go, you also have the mobile scan and go, like what we're doing. And、um, the grab and go actually took off. Faster on a bigger industry level because of Alibaba and in the East, and it kind of took off really quickly. It attracted a lot of attention,、um, but at least in the East, it's slowing down, and they're moving into the mobile checkout space. And one of the things we believe is what makes the in-store shopping experience is not 
to make it like just like e-commerce. It's not just about convenience. We believe it is that physical experience is that interactive, and so it is a balance between convenience and service. And we think, you know, we think both are legit and both are going to exist in the future of shopping. But we think the majority for most of the different stores is going to come to a hybrid between. In online and offline, as well as a technology solution that really is seamless. That the star isn't the technology. That the star is the retail store, and the technology is something that kind of is in the background that you almost don't even notice it.、Um, that interact that becomes part of the habit, but it's interactive, so you can have both a convenience as well as a personalization. As well as connecting to the shopper with like customer feedbacks and that personal service, so that's where we see the industry going, growing and growing, and we're seeing that happening in both Amazon and Alibaba as well. They're kind of moving in that direction too. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's you know historically, brands and retailers have created personas, right? And then we bucket consumers within that based on. Generation, demographic, spend, spending power, household income, etc. But more and more, there, there's going to have to be an individualized kind of consumer channel lens, right? And there's going to be an expectation from us as consumers that brands know us as a as an individual, not as a persona.、Um, so I think that this this implementation of technology is going to help bring that together more and more. Um, and as you said, with grocery being one of the more complex,、um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how we make that a little bit more personal、um, and how it evolves, kind of that consumer journey in store. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's that you guys are in a great in a great position, and you know, again, sometimes you can invent stuff years ago, and it takes a while for for it to kind of、uh, stick.、Um, but I think that we're in a really interesting time. Uh, a really interesting turning point、um, where consumers are being reshaped、um, because of the state of things, being propelled into DIY, being propelled into、um, adopting new technologies, and it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to evolve in the emergence of online and offline. Before we go,、um, although we are sitting in our homes now and we really can't be out and about and traveling, you're a New Yorker. Um, and and when so when things come back to normal,、um, what are the top three things that you see yourself doing, or you would recommend for others to do when they're able to 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 be outside again in New York? Ooh, that's a great question. I think the first thing I'm gonna do is go to Washington Square Park and enjoy hopefully all of the art and music.、Um, I have a friend, Colin Huggins. He plays the piano at Washington Square Park in the weekends. He's been doing that for like the last ten years. I would love to just like listen to the piano, and he lets people lay underneath the piano while he plays. That would be an incredible experience. The second thing I'm gonna do. I'm a huge theater fan. I want to go see a show. I can't wait to go out and watch a performance and kind of have that physical experience.、Um, And enjoy people being live in person, entertaining and performing something non-virus related. <laughs> and the third thing I'm going to do because I'm a terrible cook,、um, though I am practicing, 
is to eat out at all my favorite restaurants. Um, sake Mai, because I love to drink sake, and I like uni is one of like my favorite places in the world. I hope to go back and celebrate there. That's great. I love to hear that. I do think people are going to be out and about again, and I think... You know, we all crave human connection and I think dining with friends and, and kind of that communal activity is is something that um, we all look forward to. So thank you for that recommended hit list. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to try some of those out. I actually haven't been to Washington Square Park in a while. I used to live in the village, so I used to go there all the time with my dog. But this was a great conversation. Um, thank you so much for sharing your insights. Really excited to continue to follow the journey of your company. Everybody, this was Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with our guest today, Dee Dee Chan of Future Proof Retail. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me and stay safe and sane. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You too.